God can still write your story. Someone please hear this morning. I feel the Lord reaching, even if it's but for one. God can still write your story. It's not done yet. I read just the other day, I read this story. I can't remember her name now. I could look, but anyway, Rosa something or another. She was this lady from Mexico. And she migrated to L.A. She was living in L.A. And she was up in years. This was back in the early 1900s before any of us were around. She was up in years, but she happened to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and she was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Her life was transformed at late stage. She was an elderly lady. She was so moved by being filled with the Holy Ghost that she told her husband and her nephew, I have to go back to Mexico where I'm from to tell my family. Late in years, she did this as an elderly lady. And so in the early 1900s, she went back to where she was from. And her and her husband and her nephew started a church. I can give you the whole story. I'm giving you the highlight here. They started a church there. This started other churches. It started other churches. She is known as the founder of the Apostolic Oneness Church in Mexico. There are other churches that have spawned from. She was there for five years. She went back to L.A. And when she returned to L.A., she died in the same year. She was at the end of her life. But in the last five years of her life, God was still writing her story. God was still right. And there are apostolic churches across Mexico today because that lady in the early 1900s said, whatever God did to me, I got to go tell somebody else. See me afterwards. I'll give you all the details so you know I'm not making that up. The power of God to continue writing a story. He's not. If you're a guest today, we're thrilled you're here. Some of you I know. Some of you I don't know. It doesn't matter if I know you. What matters is God knows you. And he's not done. If you'll let him. If you'll let him continue working, he can take things in your life that look like I don't know how any good can come out of this. And God can take that and turn it and use it for his glory. Could we thank the Lord right now for his presence in this room and for his goodness and mercy? Father, we thank you. It is your mercy that draws us to you. It is your love that is reaching to us this morning. The love of a living God for every soul in this room. The love of the living God for every man, every woman, every young person in this room. We receive of your love. We acknowledge the reach of God to us today. We acknowledge the beckoning of your spirit upon our heart this morning, Lord. We worship you today. We worship you today. Praise God. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. We're honored that you're here. I'm believing the Lord to continue ministering to your life. I'm telling you, there's nothing greater that can happen to you than to come to have a true 
relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't mean some mental process. I'm talking about a spiritual transformative work that will happen when he fills you with his spirit and you'll never be the same. Maybe you're going, why in the world are these people acting like they're acting? I'll tell you why. They have been delivered from bondage and sin to walk in newness of life. Amen. Praise God. I am going to dismiss teachers to their classrooms before I forget. God bless our teachers. And so the students don't think, oh, man, he's going to forget us. Amen. And we will dismiss. We have class downstairs for students 4 to 11. We will dismiss those children. If you fall in that range, if you have children, they are well cared for and well taught by great teachers. We love and appreciate our teachers. Amen. Again, thank you for being here today. It's great to see so many of you to worship the Lord together. Amen. Would you grab your Bible this morning? I'm asking Brother Ethan to come. He's going to minister the word of the Lord to us today. Could we receive of the Lord this morning? Praise the Lord. God has already been ministering as we've just heard. And uh, what I talk about might sound a bit redundant from what Elder has already begun speaking about this morning. I was thinking he was going to speak my whole message this morning. <laughs> um, but that's just a, confirm, a confirmation of the word of God that, that that's what he's trying to, to speak to us today. Um, it's flowed from, from the first service until now, and if you were in the first service or if you got to watch the live stream or if you go back and watch it, there were some things shared that I'll probably share similar things, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, and he even made a few remarks at the outset of service that he wasn't sure the direction he was going to go, and um, again, the Lord is just confirming his word. The, the scripture says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every thought be established. And here we have the word of God being declared. And I just pray that he has his way. Amen. I want to I want to share a story to start. Um, I was in last weekend, I was at a coffee shop. It's probably no surprise to many of you. I find myself there pretty often. And um, I, I was standing in line and, and this gentleman walked in behind me and he asked me a question about the coffee shop. And um, I was still waiting for the barista to take my order, and so I saw an open door to have conversation, and so I struck up a conversation with this guy, and um, we just began to, to connect and talk about our different brewing methods and different ways of making coffee, and um, we were both loading up on some, some things, and um, just, just a good conversation, a good interaction, and um, I, I then went and found my spot by a window, and open my laptop, my Bible, and just begin to study. And, and, and as he was leaving, he, he walked up behind, right beside my window and just gave me a thumbs up and showed me everything he had in his hands that he had bought and uh, continued on and just, just left a, a pleasant interaction uh, for, for that day. And, and uh, when I was leaving, um, the barista called my name and just said, you know, have a good day. And it, it stuck out to me like, okay, they, they're starting to recognize me a little bit, starting to... <laughs> To learn my name, maybe I go there too often, I don't know, but um, if the Lord's given me interactions and speaking to me while I'm there, then I'm going to keep going. So 
Um, so I left and um, I, was, I was wearing a shirt that day that some of you have probably seen me wear or you saw at United. They were selling them to raise money for, um, for the youth. And it's just a simple shirt. It's just a tan shirt with a little logo of a man fishing and it says Fishers of Men. Uh, just a small little logo right here. Just says Fishers of Men. And I've had quite a few people compliment me on the shirt. Again, it's just a tan shirt. There's nothing special about it. But what I have realized is they are reading that phrase and they're complimenting me because they understand what that phrase is referencing. They understand that it's referencing the scripture. And, and what that also told me is that there are probably people that are reading it, but they don't know what it means. And so they're not going to say anything because they may just see that and be like, well, that's that's weird. <laughs> what does that mean? Fishers of men. Um, and but I just I begin to think of, you know, what what would I say if somebody asked me what that phrase means? And and I know that we're not supposed to take thought for what we're going to say. But I think that's different than knowing the scripture, knowing knowing in certain situations what scriptures we want to have for for certain situations. And so as I was driving home, I just began to think about if, if somebody were to ask me what, what this phrase means or um, maybe if I were to say something to them, if they compliment me on the shirt, maybe I ask them, do you, do you know what this phrase means? Just finding a way to open a conversation. And, um, and so I began to think about it. And if we could turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18. This is where that phrase, fishers of men, comes from. And it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Verse 19. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. One more verse, verse 20. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. And so as I was, I was thinking about this, this phrase and maybe what I would tell somebody, I would reference this scripture and, and say, the Lord, he, he called his disciples. He, he saw these men that were, were on a boat fishing who had probably been doing that their whole lives, uh, were raised on that boat, were raised being around fishing. I, back in those days, I don't know if people just got to a certain age and then picked their profession. I think it was probably something that they're their father did and their grandfather did. And so their whole life they've been around this thing. And so they understand what it is to fish. They, they, they know they're comfortable with fishing and, and being on this boat and, and with a net in their hand, they know what that is, what, how to do that. And they could probably do it better than many, many other people. And, and the beauty of it is that the Lord knew that. And so he, he related to them. He reached to where they were and said, look, I know, I know you understand what it is to fish. And so I'm going to use this thing that you understand, but I'm going to turn it into something that, that you don't understand quite yet. And I'm going to connect what it is to fish, but in a way that you haven't quite seen yet, that you don't understand it yet. And, and I think that's, that's a beautiful thing that the Lord would see each and every one of us of where we've been in life and the experiences that we've had in life and the trials and the tribulations and the different things that have shaped us into who we are. And the Lord sees that and he reaches to where we are and he connects to where we are. And this elder said this at the start and I, 
was going to, to mention it and I'll reiterate it. I, I can't believe that if somebody is still alive that they don't have purpose. If somebody is still breathing, if somebody is still walking this earth, it's because the Lord is still wanting to reach them. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so if we see people, if we cross people's paths, then we have to understand that Jesus wants to reach that person. That if that person will answer the call, Jesus has a call on their life. And we have to do our part as fishers of men to, to reach these people. And Paul understood what it was to, to reach people where they were. If we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse number 19. And it says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. In verse 20, And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Verse 21. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. And he's not saying he started breaking the law, but he's talking about to them that the, those that weren't under the law of Moses, under um, the Gentiles, yes, that, that we are the Gentiles. And says that I might gain them that are without the law. Verse 22, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And again, he, he understood what it was to, to relate to people where they were. Um, we've all had different walks of life, as I've said. We've gone through different experiences that have shaped us into who we are. And some of us have probably had less than ideal lives that, that we would picture or consider to be ideal. And We've all had these different experiences, but what I recognize is that some of us cannot reach to areas that others of us can. I can't reach the same areas that Brother Martin can, and he would tell you that. He knows that he's got an avenue and anger management in different areas that I, I can't reach to the same way that he can. But that's how we reach the body as we function in the body. That's how we reach this world as we all operate in the area that God has placed us in the body. We relate to those that are in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. And so in Mark's account, we're going to shift a little bit, and then we're going to go back to this topic of, of fishers of men. But in Mark's account of Jesus calling disciples, uh, we don't have to turn there, but it's, it's Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. It says that straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And what I realized here is when the Lord called them, they had to let go of what they knew. They had to let go of what they were holding on to. It clearly states that they were, they're holding their nets. They had to cast down their nets, forsake their nets. They were holding on to something that was familiar, that they were comfortable holding on to. And when Jesus called them, they had a decision to make. I can either just forget this guy who's just walking by, shouting to us on our boat. I don't know who this guy is. Like, whatever, I'm going to keep fishing, or they could recognize, no, there's, there's something more here, and I have to let go of what I'm holding on to if I want to answer this call, if I want to know what, what this man is wanting to take us to. They forsook their nets straight away, without hesitation, straight away, it says, and they followed Christ for something greater. They could have just stayed in the boat and 
and had the same question that that maybe some people of this world might have. Well, well, before we just give up everything and follow you, what do you mean fishers of men? Can you can you explain that a little bit? Let, let's let's hear what that is before we just give up our, our jobs, our careers, our life. What is what does that mean? And and this is a reference that Elder made in, in first service is that sometimes we're trying to get the Lord to give us direction for what's next, for the next steps. But in reality, the Lord is just wanting us to obey and then he'll take us to the next step. We just have to take that one step. We have to be willing to let go of that one thing that we're holding on to that's keeping us from going to the place that God wants to take us to. If we could go to Exodus chapter 4, we find the story of Moses. And we, we've heard this story many times. He's in the wilderness and he is walking and he sees a, a bush that's on fire, but it's not consumed. And so he, he goes out of his way to, to go up to this bush and he, he's curious by it. He's wanting to know what's going on. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1, it says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. This is the Lord. He called out to, to Moses, and he gave him direction to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, and after all of this, Moses is starting to have some questions. Well, okay, what's going to happen when I go there and Pharaoh sees this man, and, or Israel is what he's referring to, if they, if they don't believe me that, that God sent me. It says, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Verse 2. And the Lord said unto him, What is it that is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. Verse 3. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And from what we read, there was no hesitation. But what I can imagine, or maybe we do sometimes, is the Lord says, cast down what you're holding on to. Moses, what's, what's in your hand? What are you holding on to? Cast, cast it down. And, and Moses could have said, well, Lord, that, that's not what I asked. I asked you, what, what will I do that will cause them to believe me? And, and I hear the Lord say, Moses, just cast your rod down. Forget about what's to come. Just listen to what I'm asking of you right now. Just cast down what's in your hand. Be willing to let go and give up what you're holding on to, what, what you're comfortable with, what you know, and just be obedient and cast down. Cast down what you're holding on to, Moses. What's in your hand? Throw it down. And I'm thankful for Moses. He was obedient, and he cast the rod on the ground, and, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran away from it. He got scared. In verse number four, and the Lord said to Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Moses, before he could go any further, he had to let go of what he was holding on to. And oftentimes the Lord is, is asking us to let go of what we're comfortable with, of what we're familiar with, of, of what we, we like. We like being able to hold on to something, to grasp something. It gives us stability. It gives us comfort knowing, okay, I, I've got this close by. I can always lean on this. I can always fall back to this. But when we have nothing to hold on to and we have to trust God, it can be, it can be a little bit scarier because we don't know what's next because we have to trust him. And truly trusting on God is, is peace like, like no other. It's, it's more peace than holding on to that net and saying, well, I can always go back to fishing. But it's, it's peace knowing that God will order your steps if you just trust him. And sometimes the Lord will ask us to give things up and give them up for good. 
never to be picked back up again. In this instance with Moses, the Lord told him to pick his rod back up. It was a snake now, but the Lord told him, pick your rod back up. And Moses could have said, not a chance. I cast it down already. I ain't picking that thing back up. It's a snake now. Get out of here. And uh, he could have done that. And the Lord may have still used him, may have not. But if you notice, he, he picked the rod back up by the direction of God. I guarantee you, if God did not tell him to pick that back up, he would not have picked it up. He would have left that thing and went and found another stick. And so the Lord told him to pick it up. And so he picked up this rod or this snake and it turned back into a rod. And, and what we notice is the Lord used Moses with that rod in, in multiple situations later on in the story. We see that he turned into a snake again in front of Pharaoh when he cast it down. We see that he stretched it forth over the Red Sea and it parted. And we see that he smote the rock and water began to flow from it. And I believe that the reason the Lord used that is because he was giving an example of Moses was willing to let go of something. And him picking it back up was out of obedience to the Lord. And in doing so, the Lord was going to use what Moses had already shown he would give to God. When you show God that you're willing to give up something to him, sometimes God may ask you to leave it there. Sometimes God may not let you pick it up. But sometimes if the Lord asks you to pick it back up, you have to trust that, Lord, you have given this to me. And so I'm going to use it for your purpose. God, I'm not going to pick this thing back up and just allow it to feed myself and just allow it to be something that's pleasing to me, that's comfortable to me. But, Lord, you have given it to me. And so I give it back to you and however you desire. Everything that God has given us, the Lord wants to use for his purpose. This world is temporal. The things of this world will not last. We don't get to take them with us. So I have to believe that, again, if there's people still breathing today, and if we have things in our lives, then the Lord is wanting to use those blessings in our lives to reach those that he has purpose for. Again, we have all gone through different experiences and different things that have brought us to this point. And each of those things has been the equipping of the Lord. Maybe it's been a rod, maybe it's been something else, but the Lord has equipped us with things. And some of the things that we have gone through that haven't been pretty have been of our own doing, have been of falling short, have been of sin. But the Lord in his mercy and grace has kept his hand on us. And I believe, again, every one of us that's here today, we've gone through some difficult things, but the Lord has known that there's a purpose on your life. And so he, even though he didn't want you to have to go through what you did, he kept his hand on you so that he could use it one day for his purpose. As that song said, what the enemy meant for evil, what maybe you fell into through sin, the Lord is going to use it for his good if you allow him to. The Lord will shape it into his purpose. And then there's been some things that we've gone through that the Lord has fully allowed us to go through. Some, some trials and some, some wildernesses, some tests that the Lord has sent our way to shape us for what he has to come. So don't discount what you have gone through. Don't discount the, the things that maybe you look back on and think, man, this is something I want to forget forever. We, we can... We can let go of things and we can be healed from things. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. He brings us into his body so that he can heal us from our past. He can heal us from our mistakes. But then he uses our mistakes that we had made to then be able to relate to those that, that are still in this world, that don't know what to do, that don't know where to turn. 
I believe it was Brother Wright where I first heard the, the statement. I believe it was actually here when he had come one time and he had mentioned that there's, there's scars that we get. And you see, if you get a cut, it's going to hurt at first. It's going to be difficult to, to touch it. You don't want anything to get near it. It'll get infected. You, you, you guard it with everything you can. You cover it up. But then once it turns into a scar, there, there's no pain. You can touch it. You can do anything to it. And it, it's just a scar. There's no pain there. It's fully healed. And that's what happens in our lives as we go through things. And for a season, there may be some pain if, if we hear somebody talking about it or we see somebody else going through it. It, it kind of turns us away a little bit. No, we guard ourselves. Keep, keep this topic away from me. Or, but then when the Lord brings true healing, then we want to see others healed. When we know what it's like to be healed from a situation, we, we don't want to see others going through the same thing that we went through because we know that there is healing after when we get to the Lord. In Jesus' name. Could we pray right now? Lord, I trust and believe that you have called us, that you have brought us here with purpose, God. Lord, you are desiring to reach this world. You are not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance, God. Lord, I submit myself in every mistake I've made and every thing that I have gone through that has brought me up to this point, God. And I allow you to use it for your purpose. I allow you to use it for your glory. Lord, freely I have received. Freely I want to give. I want to pour out unto this world that is hurting. This world that is facing situations that we have had to face, God. You are the answer. You are the answer. Let us go forth and declare the truth that would bring healing into lives and into this world, into these valleys, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If we are going to be fishers of men, if we're going to allow the Lord to use our past, to use the things he's placed in our life for his purpose, we have to know what he has given us. We have to know that, that we are called, that we do have purpose, that he wants to use us. At the, at the beginning of this summer, I began to feel just a little bit of a, I don't know what the word is for it. I felt the Lord directing me. I'll say it that way. And I, I began to think of if the Lord is directing me in, in the way that I think he is, am I prepared for what I think he's taking me into? Am I, am I properly equipped with everything I need to, to go into this next step, to take this next step? And sometimes we just have to take them in faith. And, but I also realize that we have, we have a duty on our part when the Lord has called us, we have to give ourselves continually to his word and to prayer, to walk worthy of the vocation that we're called by. And, and so I just begin to think, Lord, here's everything in my life. I believe it was Bishop shared on Tuesday night in Union Gap, a reference to his pastor Leslie of he would have, he had guns and he would lay his guns out before the Lord and he'd be like, Lord, I've got these, like, do you want them? And what do you want me to do with them? He would basically, his, his possession, he would present it to the Lord. Lord, you got anything for me? No? Okay. So he, he'd know, all right, I'm good. I've, I've presented this to God. God didn't ask it of me. So I, the Lord's allowing me to keep this. And, and I think we have to do that 
daily, continually with, with things in our lives that if it is in our life, then we have to see what is the purpose of this for God's kingdom. Again, I don't think that the Lord blesses us just so we can have a good life. The Lord blesses us so that we can use those blessings for his purpose to reach this world. And so we have to be properly equipped. And being properly equipped means picking up things that, that we haven't picked up yet. And it also means letting go of some things that we're not going to need. We, I'm thankful for the, the church. I'm thankful for, for this building, for these four walls to, to be here and to be able to gather with you all and the ministry that takes place here, it's needed. And I'm not discounting that at all, but as I said, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. And I believe it was also referenced in, first, in the first service is that we can get comfortable here and we can get comfortable being on the boat, I think is what was said. And that can get boring but we can be content just where we are and, and not allow the Lord to take us further, not allow the Lord to equip us with what he's trying to because maybe it's our stubbornness, maybe it's just being comfortable and being a, afraid of letting go of what we know. But I believe the Lord is wanting to, to send us out. I, I know he's wanting to send us out. The, the reference I, I imagine, and we've heard this many times, is if, if you're in a boat... In, in safety, and <laughs> Peter kind of ruined this analogy by stepping out of the boat, but <laughs> if you're in a boat and there's a storm, and imagine the, the ocean is, is the world, the ocean is sin, and, and you see somebody in these waves and they're drowning and, and you want to save them, you don't dive into the water after them, you, you throw them a life preserver. Why, why would you leave a, a perfectly good boat if, if, somebody's, if somebody's drowning and there's waves and you, you throw them a life preserver. You don't dive into the water. And, and I think it's, it's the saying of in the world but not of the world. And we can be where we are, holy and set apart, but we have to reach. And if somebody is drowning in the ocean, you can't reach them from the land. And if, in my analogy, we could use the building as the land. You, you can be comfortable on the land. You see the ways, and man, that's, that's scary. I don't want to go out in that, so I'm just going to stay here on the shore where I'm safe, where I can take a few steps back, and the water may get my feet a little bit, but I can, I can stay back and just be content with, with just feeling a little bit of it. And, and, but I think we have, to, we have to go out and get in the boat and go out into the world Staying separate, staying set apart, but with a firm foundation in the Word of God, in prayer, and reaching this world. We have to go to the souls where they are and meet them where they are. We've heard the vision of elder sharing of the flames of fire on top of each home. And I began to think about that last night, and the example he shared was there was hundreds or thousands of, of flames of fire on top of homes across all of these valleys, and, and it lit up the valleys. That's not just one flame of fire over this building here in Sela and one flame of fire over the building in Union Gap, but that's over each and every home that we're in. 
light rules over darkness, but you can't just have light in one area and expect it to light everything. You have to go out and you have to put light in the dark areas to reach souls, whether that's in the worst neighborhood in town or the best neighborhood in town. We have to go out. That's in our homes. That's us going out, being in the boat. We're still reaching. We're still casting the life preserver, but we have to reach. And I think the disciples understood that. They've, they fished their whole lives, and they would cast nets. And I guarantee you there were times they'd bring the net in, and there'd be no fish in the net. And they didn't just give up because they cast the net once and didn't catch anything. Brother Renee and I have gone fishing lately, and we may have given up because we haven't caught anything. <laughs> but that's not always the point. Sometimes it's nice to just to get out and fish. But <laughs> I'm not a fisherman. Um, <laughs> but the disciples understood that, that you, you cast the net or you sow the seed. And the farmer understands that. You sow the seed and some of it's going to get on bad ground and some of it won't grow. But if you just keep sowing seed, you know that some of it's going to find good ground. I'm still going to have a crop. I'm still going to have harvest. And, and we can't be discouraged when we go out. And we should always be aware. We should always be sensitive. I... <laughs> Every time I put that shirt on now, I'm going to be considerate of that. Like, make sure I remember what those scriptures are. If somebody asks me, I'm going to be ready to share what a fisher of men is, to share of the goodness of God, of what he's done for me, so that I can then share it to others. If we could pray right now and just seek, seek the Lord for what he is asking of us today. God, you know the cares of this life and the comforts of this life. Lord, you have placed things in my hand and blessed me with things, but Lord, I don't want to get comfortable with the blessings of God. I don't want to just get comfortable with what I have and not take the step further to what you have called us to. Uh, there is a world that is hurting, that is broken. And Lord, you have given us the answer. You are the answer, God. Your word is the answer. I pray, give us a boldness to go forth. Let us present our possessions to you, to present our lives to you so that you can direct us whether you want us to let go of some things or what you desire us to lay hold on, God. Let us use it for your purpose, I pray. God, to reach this world, give us boldness to speak. Give us boldness to go forward. Give us boldness to speak your word. Let us walk worthy of the vocation we're called. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In I shared Moses and the rod that the Lord then used for, for multiple things throughout Moses' life. There was one other instance that I can recall that Moses used the rod, and it was the second time water flowed from a rock. And that second time, the Lord didn't tell Moses to smite the rock. He told Moses to speak to the rock. And the reason we have to daily present our lives before God and ask him to examine us for anything that he wants us to give up is because 
as Moses, I believe, did as he got confident in what he had. The Lord had already used him to do many things with that, and so he began to rely on, on the, the thing that God had given to him instead of relying on God. And he began to rely on, on himself. Well, I've, I've done this before. I've already hit this rock and water came from it, so I, I'll just do that again. And, and the Lord still allowed it to happen, but, but Moses was disobedient because he got confident in what was in his hand. And so I, I ask us today that we would present our lives before the Lord, that we would not grow comfortable with, with our lives and not be content with just what we have, but every day to present it to the Lord. God, I don't want to just be happy with, with a good life, Lord. I want to have a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, this life and the things of it, they're... They're not even close to be compared to the eternal prize that you have. So I want to be willing to give up everything I have and to give it to you so that you can operate in and through us to reach this world. For your purpose and for your glory. Order our steps every day. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't we stand together here this morning? I'm so thankful for the clear word of God. I'm thankful for the clear word of God today. Maybe you're here and you're going, man, I hear all that, but I don't know that I can relate. I don't know where. I'll just tell you, trust God and watch what he can do with you. Watch what he can do with you. You know, Peter and those guys could have continued fishing their whole life. You ever? I have an uncle that worked at a place driving a forklift. He drove a forklift for 40 years at the same place. 40 years. I, I appreciate his faithfulness to that. So I'm not knocking faithfulness on a job. I think that's good. Can you imagine how unfulfilled Peter would have been if he'd have just stayed on that boat and just fished the rest of his life, throwing nets and catching fish? Oh, I'm sure some days would have been exciting. Man, we caught a lot of fish today, but. But I promise you, his life would not have been full, as fulfilled as it was. You understand? It's this same Peter. Here's Peter's great qualification. He knew how to throw nets and catch fish. Does that qualify him to be greatly used of God? And you and I want to disqualify ourselves because, well, I'm not this. I'm not that. I've never done this. Look, all he did was throw a net and catch fish out of a lake or out of a sea. 
That was his qualifier. He had a bad temper. He said stupid stuff at the wrong time. Read it in the Bible. He did. This was Peter. His temper caused him to cut off a man's ear with a sword in an act of violence. It's in the Bible. Read it. And Jesus just reached over and picked the guy's ear up and put it back on and healed the guy and said, Peter, put away the sword. And we're and some of us would stand or sit here today and go, man, I'm just not qualified for God to use me. I appreciate what he said about throwing down what I have and God doing something with it. But I, you don't know me. I'm, I just know how to throw nets and catch stuff. That's all I do. I, I just drive a forklift. I just do this. I just do that. I, I'm telling you, if you will put your life in God's hand, God can take you and radically transform your life and use you for his purpose to where your life is fulfilled. This is the same man that the Bible says later on, he would walk down the street. And when he walked down the street, people would take sick people and lay them in the street so that Peter's shadow would cast over them. And when his shadow passed over them, God healed them. What was his qualifier? Oh, he knew how to throw a net into water and catch fish. No, what he did is he made himself available to God. I'll finish with this. We have a man in this congregation. He's not here right now. He was in first service. Didn't speak English. Had to learn the language. Is still working on it. Moved here from Asia. Working on learning the language. I can't imagine trying to learn English. I really can't. Thank goodness it's my native language. I can't even imagine. We got a couple of people I was talking to earlier. I was working on my Spanish. They were working on their English. But can you imagine trying to learn English? Like, write has so many meanings. You can write with a pen. You can turn right. You're not wrong. You're right. And two of them you spell the same, and one of them you spell different. And, ah! Here's this guy, comes from Asia, speaks no English, is learning English. Not sure what in the world his wife has got him into the first time he comes to church. Thinking, oh my goodness. I mean, he, he knew of God, but he's like, man, I don't know what I've stepped into. I've never heard of what I'm witnessing here. But I, he stayed around and saw it in the scripture. The word of God was revealed. In... Asia, he, he had a really spiritual calling there. It wasn't a calling. He had a thing he was involved in. He was involved in mixed martial arts. Muay Thai. I think I'm saying that right. That, am I saying that right? He's very learned in that. I'm not a promoter of violence. I'm not. Uh... And uh, so he's trying to figure out how do I, what do I do? He's working here at McDonald's and then he's working at a place where they clean rugs and I think he's still doing that now. But he's like, I, I don't need to go fight anymore. He knew that the Lord wasn't wanting him to keep fighting. So he said, you know what? I can teach self-defense to kids because he was really good at Muay Thai. I wouldn't pick on him. Really good at it. He started teaching kids. You know what? At the end of every class, he's sharing the scripture. 
with these kids. He's influencing these kids' life. He told me the story the other day of how he was so overwhelmed by what happened in his class, getting to share the scripture and how parents were asking him questions afterwards because of what he shared. And the Lord opened that door. I'm telling you, God can take your life and use it if you'll put it in his hands and just say, God, here I am. Could we say that? Now, I don't want you to say it out of force, but if you're willing, it would start with you committing that to him today. For those willing in the room this morning, could we express that one more time before we go? If you're willing, God, here I am. I don't know how or what you can do with this lump of clay that I am because we are all just lumps of clay. But God, if you would take our lives and use it, we present it to you, a living sacrifice. Ah, take every young man, every young woman, take every vessel in this room. Father, we've tried to do stuff with our life and we've made a mess of things so many times, but in your hands, you're the potter and we're the clay. We seek to put our life in your hands this morning. I pray for every man and woman in this room that they would feel the hand of God reaching to them, the love of God drawing them, your desire for each one of them. I don't believe anyone is here by accident this morning, Lord, but I believe you've drawn them and brought them to express your desire to take a life and use it. Your desire to use each one of us for the glory of God. I pray let our lives be lights set on a hill that cannot be hid. Let our homes be homes lit on fire of the Spirit of God. Lamps in our neighborhood, use us for your glory. Use us for your glory. Use us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I have to ask you this question because the Lord keeps asking me before I say you're dismissed. Brother Ethan referenced the vision that the Lord gave me in 2017 of flames of fire on homes. This is the question that keeps coming to me. Is your home on fire? Is your home, I know our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So it starts here. But then your home. If someone walks into your home, do they feel the presence of God because of how and what you fellowship there? Is your home on fire? If they walk into your apartment, into the place where you say, well, I live with other people. I don't have to. Okay. So is there a place in your home, the place where you live, your bedroom, the place you occupy? Is, is that place? Or is you're like, oh, no, 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 there. That's where I get away. So everything that's there, you know, I, no, I do everything but worship God there. It's not a, no, that's my Rex. What's your home? 
what's your home? It has to be a beacon. I think we should dedicate our homes to the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Would you please greet someone before you go? You are dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.